Hello and welcome, folks, to, well, not only episode 153 of the Ministry of Dice podcast, but the sixth anniversary celebration special! Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy Happy birthday. Yes, that's right, folks. Today, roughly, there or thereabouts, marks the sixth anniversary of the very first episode of the Ministry of Dice podcast. And so today's episode is going to be all about us. We're going to sit back, relax, and talk about our experiences and times as podcasters in this wonderful game that we love called Dice Masters for six years now. Six years. How many years? Six, six whole years of podcasting around this game. That must be a record by now. Isaac, are you out there? <laughs> it must be. We must be the longest running Dice Masters podcast by now. Uh, well, what was uh, last time we claimed to be the longest running podcast? Uh, Isaac from the Reserve Pool came out of the woodwork and said, well, um, actually, and we got the whole... <laughs> we, we got the whole... <laughs> Actually, <laughs> can't even go that low. <laughs> How low can you go? Not Isaac low, apparently. Yeah, he he corrected the record um, and and gave us gave us a very specific number, uh, but that was a long time ago. That was probably about, about twelve ago. months ago. <laughs> was it about three years ago? I don't think so. It wasn't last year's. So yeah, we must be the longest running podcast by now, surely. Yeah, surely that's it. You heard it here first. <laughs> what have we been doing with our lives? Yeah. <laughs> much, so, apparently. Not much, though. No. Getting together to record a podcast every week on the subject of Dice Masters. But yeah, six whole years. And that, and, and then we've got two years on top of that, roughly, of the... Is it two years? Uh, the BritRoller6.com blog, which has been... Was running prior to... Yeah, so that'd be, what, eight years? Eight years. I think maybe the blog may have been even longer than that. Well, we've been doing mod extra since COVID. That's what three years ago. Yeah, that's true. That's true, actually. Yeah. So yeah, we've been that's at this game off. For... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you say that the uh, mod extra games of collectibles is doing very well presently. It is. It is. Your, I'm up to YouTube a, fame. I'm up to a lovely solid 881 subscribers as of today. Nice. How many? You all now. Sorry? How many discs are on your wall? Uh, no discs yet, uh, oh, but the last video I posted, which was yesterday, has had 3,500 views on it. Wow. So, there you go. <laughs> compared to the Ministry of Dice YouTube, <laughs> should we do that game? <laughs> Shall we do that game? Compared to the Ministry of Dice YouTube, which has got uh, a grand total of 459 subscribers, and the last video that we posted had 80 views <laughs> internet fame is calling people yeah that's it we'll be giving up the day job any minute now six years of graft and grind <laughs> mod gaming there's one to be proud of yeah yeah that's uh that's that's really taken the world of youtube by storm you won't find it i i mean some kids out there are talking about prime others are talking about mod extra gaming <laughs> true story True. Make all those videos. So, to, for for the listeners, I put all my videos on there. They're all private. One day, I'm just going to switch them all on <laughs> to be public, and it, and will be uh, inundated with views. Uh, undoubtedly, I've no doubt. I'm certain that, that your moment 
is yet to arrive. You've just got it all banked up in that <laughs> in the private the area of that channel. That's a disrespect. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, what are we talking about? What are we talking about the podcast today? Nice, isn't it? Yeah, the podcast today. We're not quite precisely. So by the time this episode goes out, uh, we'll actually be a few days behind the birthday because uh, it happened in the middle of the in-betweeny period from last episode to this episode. So this episode goes out on the 31st. The first ever episode of the Ministry of Dies podcast went out on the 21st of July originally. Um, and that was only a short one. That was like a little... Well, I'll, I'll save that stuff because because we were, we're going to do a little segment on looking back. But uh, yeah, so it's, it's actually a year and a week as a time of recording. It, it'll be a year and like nine days... When it finally yeah. goes live, zero. Yeah, kind of, because we just did that short episode, which we'll obviously talk about in a minute in the retrospective section. And the first full length episode was on the 6th of August, although it's numbered one and two. Cool. The numbers are definitely janky, though. Yeah. Yeah, because there's been um, episodes. Oh, I'm sure we've mentioned this before. There's been episodes through the course of the history of our podcasting where we've not numbered them. We've just given them names like the Christmas specials and stuff and the UK games expo, uh, UK national special. We just, that didn't have a number that was just called the UK national special. So, okay. So I don't, but I don't think our episode number of 153 is fully correct. I think we've got 156 or 57 episodes in total. Oh dear. Something like that. I don't know. The math doesn't add up. One of the math nerds will be onto me. Nick will be onto me. Our man Barton will be will be messaging me. Well, if you've done six years and you publish an episode every two weeks, he'll do the maths on it. That that boy loves his numbers. <laughs> that boy loves his numbers. Uh, so if you tuned in for the uh, Master Bold follow up conversation, that's going to be taking place in the next episode because we're we're going to take uh, a little period of time now to have a little indulgent exploration of our own experiences podcasting the game. Yeah, yeah, I forgot about that Master Mold one. Yeah, well, uh, there were definitely some folks in our Discord who jumped in and shared a few thoughts and talked about their experiences countering Master Mold in some recent online tournaments or down at the local and stuff. So we've got content there. We've got content. Okay, cool. <laughs> we're, we're locked in folder. Set to go, yeah. And I managed to catch up on a few of the two-team takedown games. And then I've watched some of Kim's matches at the Dice Fight XL uh, the other night as well. So I've I've, I, I, I've clued myself up, got a sense of what's going on. Nice. Um, and you and I need to test some of this out. You need to get your master mold on the table and I'll try some of the suggestions that we've been given. Uh, but that's that's next episode, so uh, sit tight for that. It will be coming in two weeks' time, uh, but we're just going to detour away from that to celebrate our birthday. Six years. Yeah. It's a bit weird, actually, like to think that <laughs> we've been doing this for six years. When you actually stop and look back on it, I mean, I've been listening to some older episodes in preparation for today. I know you've been looking at some of our older content in preparation for today. It's a bit odd. Um, certainly one of my observations. Why is uh, it odd? Uh, to, to actually sit back and take stock of the amount of time that it's been. So what, odd that we didn't give up s- <laughs> like years ago? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we should have packed it in while we were waiting for Dark Phoenix Saga to come out, shouldn't we? <laughs> I'm sure there's some folks out there saying, I wish you had packed it in <laughs> before Dark Phoenix Saga come out. No, I mean, just, um, you know, because it's uh, such a 
a key part of my life you know just it's not just the podcast it's then all the uh, the community that surrounds the podcast the community that surrounds the game of course you know to to think that we've been involved in it at this level for for that amount of time because it's become a, a piece of routine just a normal standard day-to-day part of my life I've never stopped and thought about it in the sense of, wow, you know, six years, like you and I meeting at that UK Nationals in 2016 and then meeting again in the UK Nationals 2017 and starting that conversation around this stuff, you know. It's, um, yeah, just so it made me nostalgic. Perhaps that would be a better way of describing that uh, that feeling that I've had this week as I've been, you know, prepping for the episode and making some notes and listening to some old episodes and stuff that's that's probably a better way to describe it although what i will say is for as much as we've moved in the six years we've also stood very very still (laughs) 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 and i'll talk talk about that in our retrospective segment in a minute as well has it not made you feel nostalgic yeah i suppose a little bit yeah maybe now i think about it Well, I was looking at guests, like guests we've had on for the bar and stuff over the years, and thinking, oh, yeah, I've not spoken to them in ages, or I wonder where they are now. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> People that we've uh, uh, sort of stayed in touch with on a internet socials level. You know what I mean? Yeah. People come and people go. <laughs> well, that's just the nature of collectible games, isn't it, in many respects? It's the nature of life, really. True story. True story. Deep into the matter. Um, Which reminds me, let your mum know. I will get round to calling her soon. Aye, 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 aye. (laughs) I know it's been a while, but tell her I'll give her a call soon. Make sure she's doing all right. (laughs) Oh dear. So where to begin? I don't know where to begin. Should we? uh, Is there any more introy stuff we want to do, or should we get cracking on with the um, getting into our retrospective? Um, yeah, we could crack on. Have you done anything interesting in the last couple of weeks that we need to share? Have I done anything interesting in the last couple of weeks that we need to share? I, I sincerely have not. <laughs> no, nothing at all. Well, my lad's birthday, um, regular listeners will know, during the birthday celebration episode of the podcast, I always make reference to the fact that my lad's birthday is around the same time. This is how I always remember that our podcast anniversary is here and hereabouts because it's roughly the same time as my son's birth. And so that's kept us very, very busy. Uh, I would significantly not recommend uh, having a birthday party with 10 year old boys uh, with a sleepover component ever. <sighs> 10? I'd wait. I'd, yeah. I'd, well, only, only six of them came back for the sleepover, but 10 at, ten at the, oh, uh, the trip out to the climbing centre. That is, that's a high number. That is a high number, and it was hard work. It was very, very hard work. I literally, at one point, and I just turned to my wife, uh, you know, the hashtag competitive wife, and said, never again. Never, ever, ever again. <laughs> Dear. It was a, it was a horror show. Left one in your house. <laughs> the, 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 the action figures. There was. I put them all away. They were boxed up, oh, yeah. and... I was like, they ain't going anywhere near that stuff. Jesus. Although I did accidentally, well, not accidentally, just kind of, you know, when the, the ornaments in your house have just become, because you're so used to them, they are, yeah. you know, you don't register their presence quite the same way as you did when you first 
got them. I realized there's a little section in the corner of the, of the living room by my guitars, and I was like, oh man, there's loads of stuff on it. <laughs> yeah, and I couldn't be bothered moving it. But one of the one of the lads uh, who was there at the party started asking me questions about it, and, and he kind of sort of knew that one or two of them were pretty valuable. Ooh, maybe he's a, a YouTube subscriber. Yeah, who knows? Well, yeah, it better I'd be. In fact, that's a good idea. Get all my son's uh, mates to get subscribed up. Uh, they have no interest in watching, though. They all spend their time watching Fortnite videos and some weird Canadian teenager that does these very not funny skits that they seem to find hilarious. <laughs> maybe that's what um, we should do. We're doing that already. So. <laughs> we do kind of do that already. I've got that in the. Uh, I've got a few notes about that in the, in the re- from a retrospective. Um, but the what, what I did know is the following day when I got up, that one of the things I did was had a Nerf battle with the Nerf guns, and oh, there were nice. Nerf darts all around this expensive ornament Ooh. to the point where it looked like they'd been using it for target practice. <laughs> <laughs> so I can't shake the feeling like this lad. Uh, it was at the party. This friend of my, my son's had, upon realizing uh, how expensive it was, intentionally tried to encourage, or he himself took pot shots at it. So it's a big Deadpool head, is what it is. If anyone's interested. Oh, it's nice. Yeah. But your wife lets you have that in the lounge. Well, right now she does because uh, that's the other thing. You know, this extension that was, has been an absolute saga. Cave. Yeah, for uh, a period of well, about two years now, I've been talking about this. Though it started and then stopped, and we had to sack a builder and all that stuff. I don't know how much of this was actually on the on the record as podcast, or whether it was just stuff me and you were chatting about when we get together. I can't remember. I'm not sure how much you've talked about it. Yeah, I mean, you you know, um, we had the trouble with the bricks, and then uh, we had the problems with the builder guy that we sat and all that. Well, the new builder, the replacement builder, is ready, set to go, and is starting tomorrow. Oh, it's starting tomorrow. So a lot of this stuff is actually hanging around in the living room and all various other spaces and corners that we could find in the house because we've had to empty that um, dumping ground that the uh, that the garage was because it's getting converted. So uh, one of the other reasons I've not been up to particularly much exciting on the gaming front is because my weekends have been spent. I've, been, I've moved a load of stuff down to the safe store done several trips to the tip organizing things getting stuff ready so they can get in tomorrow so the uh the, the man cave youtube studio is on its way at last oh that's a level up in production quality well uh <laughs> i'm not sh- I'm about to say i don't know how much it will or not because the the cameras and the lights and all the stuff will be exactly the same as the ones that i've been using here in my dining room, um, it'll just be... Get yourself a nice green screen. Get some tight T-shirts like that Heroclix guy. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Maybe. Maybe that's what we need. Maybe that's why we're stuck at 459 subs on the old Dice Bastards channel. <laughs> that's it. Next live stream, we'll have to borrow a couple of our kids' <laughs> T-shirts. I think I've got, I've got some old T-shirts upstairs. You know the ones that you keep at the bottom of the drawer, just wishfully thinking... Yeah. Like one day, because you love it too much. I've got some great nerdy ones that I've not been able to bring myself to get rid of because of because you just can't get them anymore. And the great T-shirts, and I've got fond memories of the T-shirts. I've got a fantastic Akira one that I've yeah. should have gone years ago. Should have been binned. Like a boob tube, is it now? <laughs> probably, probably. <laughs> I've got some button-up Beatles shirts as well, pattern Beatles shirts, short sleeve ones that I had years ago that I haven't got rid of. Just, nice. Just like because they're just part of the you know music Gaping. memorabilia collection. 
you know. gaping between the buttons. Yeah, yeah, just uh, proper <laughs> right round the front of the old hairy belly. <laughs> Showing off the cave and the belly button. <laughs> yeah, do that. I got like, why are you wearing a tie? You'd have to wear a tie. Well, if I didn't have a tie, you'd see far too much flesh. You'd all see that my shirt doesn't fit, shirt. yeah. <laughs> We've all been there. We've all been there. It's all part of the man child, nerd, dad bod thing. <laughs> oh, dear. What about you? You don't know anything exciting over the last two weeks. Do you, do you want to ask uh, you I... properly? What have you been up to in the last two weeks since we last recorded? Well, um, I've been snapping quite a lot. I've been a bit poor, oh, yeah. so I've been snapping quite a lot. Um, I, and I, I bought that Phoenix, the new season pass. Oh, card. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I haven't been buying the season passes, but someone used it against me um, with a multiple man. And I was yes, like, I'd see that awesome. combo used. Uh, I want to do that. That's going to cost me a tenner. Okay. So I have been using that quite a lot. And I've been doing that thing, the, what's it called? The battles. The, uh, c- c- conquest. Conquest. I've got a golden ticket. I've not used it yet because I got too excited. I didn't want to lose it. Um, <laughs> using that team. Uh, and it's it's good. So I've kind of cobbled together something off my own making. So uh, other than the multiple man Phoenix and uh, Carnage and Venom to destroy them. Yes, yeah. I have um, kind of bundled together some bits that I like, and it it's a bit disjointed, but it's been working. It's been fun. I've been enjoying it. So it's good. Quite good. We got up to I think seventy seven or something. So I'm eking towards the eighties. Oh, very uh, good. On the uh, the track thing. So I've been playing quite a bit of that. Um, I've been playing some Call of Duty. I uh, I, I, I splurged again. And bought myself the Homelander skin for my uh, operator. So they did a, a the, what, boys. From the boys. Yeah, they did a, the the boys limited event, and you could have you could get uh, Starlight, Homelander, or Black Noir. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, as uh, as usable in game characters. So I bought myself Homelander. So I've been charging around, lasering people. That sounds more like the kind of thing they do in Fortnite. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. There's there's loads of random stuff in uh, Call of Duty. I never knew that. We, we, all three of us are running around with massive cartoon rat heads. <laughs> right. A few days ago. So it's uh yeah it's it's all gone a little bit Fortnitey. Yeah, that's I never knew that. I never knew Call of Duty. I always saw it as the like the serious warfare one you know yeah no huh? well, Fortnite goes for marvel and call of duty goes for the boys so uh well there's a yeah. there was a glitch with the black noir skin where people were really struggling to see it and there's a little video of this guy just walking up people and <laughs> because there's some glitch in it and i was like oh man if i'd have known that i'd, I'd have bought that one we gotta get that one yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh man uh, well, that's, uh, was it a glitch or was it an intentional reflection of his superpower set? <laughs> I, I'm hoping it's a glitch because I was, um, yeah, it was a bit dodgy. No, no it's a pay to win uh, job, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, they, that's cool. Uh, they've got a spin off TV show, haven't they? Coming for the boys called uh, Generation V, I think it's called. Started on Prime in September. Oh, nice. I did not yeah. know that. No, and I don't know what it's based on because I don't believe there's a. A comic book, so they've they've spun the new show off 
the, the you know the TV TV show TV version. Yeah. Well, they did those little comic skits. I think. You yeah, they did. Yeah. The them. cartoons. Yeah. Yeah, I quite like them. They're a bit like um, Love Death Robots. Yeah, kind of. Although with a bit more of a Looney Tunes type vibe around some of them. Yeah, yeah. It's like some of them were really good and some of them were really bad. Yeah. There you anyway, go. All Dice right. Masters. Call of Duty. Yeah, Dice Masters. All right. Uh, anything else for you? Nah, that's, that's about it, really. No. We're so busy at the minute, folks. I know we keep banging on about it, but as, the, as our children get older and lives just get busier and work and stuff, it's, uh, it gets difficult, man. It gets difficult. Yeah, it's hard to fit in all the fun. Mm, but still, real life gets in the way of nerd life, innit? In it. In it. All right, well, we're getting to the main uh, meat of the episode then. So two segments for you, uh, as usual, folks. The first segment will be our indulgent retrospective, talking about our time as uh, podcasters in the game of Dice Masters, talking a little bit about uh, our experiences, some of our favorite moments, highlights, any interesting factoids that we want to share, repeated catchphrases, I don't know, anything like that. Uh, and then the second segment is an activity that we've been probably should have done a long time ago or kind of one of those things that perhaps should have done a YouTube video about at some point in our history. We are going to finally, at this point in 2023, <laughs> rank all of the sets from Dice Masters using one of those weird S-tier chart things. <laughs> although, although I noticed on yours, uh, you've, you've called it the GOAT at the top. Does that mean there has to be just one in that row? Well, I was thinking maybe one each said two. Oof. Oof, but you, you know, it's the okay. top tier. But, we're, yeah, we're going to debate it out and rank the sets because, um, you know, we, we really haven't done that and we probably should have done by this point. And with that all said and done, that should bring us to the end. In fact, I suspect that's going to be in a super long episode. There'll be two big segments there. Um, so with that said, we should crack on with it, I think. Let's do it. Right, let's do it. On to the first segment. Hey, shout out to the Ministry of Dice from WizKids. We really appreciate your ongoing support. Happy six years. It's been a great ride. You guys are super fun, very entertaining, and always you know, th- think of us personally. Uh, I, I've been frequently using the coasters with the Dice Masters dice on them that you sent me. Uh, you guys have just been fantastic and you know, here, here's to many more years. Take care, guys. Yes, folks, welcome back. And here we are continuing to celebrate our sixth anniversary as podcasters for the game of Dice Masters. And that's what this segment is going to be all about. This is, we're calling it the retrospective. We're going to take a look back all the way to the beginning, the 21st of July, 2017, and discuss our experiences over the six-year period podcasting around this game. So I mentioned in the intro there that our first episode was on the 21st of July. 2017 that was a short like little oh we're starting a podcast type announcement thing with the first proper full-length episode taking place on the 6th of august and that first episode is really bad (laughs) (laughs) is it no it can't be that bad a re-listen the other day and yeah well i mean perhaps i've been a bit too harsh saying it's um yeah really bad but i was using that crappy headset I don't know what you were using, but your audio sounded really dreadful as well. We were recording it on a Skype video. 
<laughs> I can tell you, man, it's all about how far away you put yourself from that. Oh, I nearly saw from that microphone of yours. <laughs> Sit up straight, England, and I'd eat that microphone. Scoliosis. If I was bent any further into this microphone. <laughs> Uh, so the audio was really dodgy we had definitely not found our feet at all with it so dead air you know weird dead air funny awkward pauses and the rhythm of what we do our our synergy hadn't quite fully formed at that point i have fond memories of of the uh uh the first episode and the um historical dice masters historical dice masters wasn't in the first episode was it not? I thought that was our first one. So you have fond memories, fond memories of that first episode, do you? Yeah, but I thought that was the one we did, Historical Dice Masters. Is, am I wrong? What did we no, do I don't our think first it, one? So our first one was only about 20 minutes long, and we were unnamed at that point. So we started our little uh, Name the Podcast competition thing, and then we set out our, um, I suppose for lack of a better phrase, our manifesto. We talked a little bit about why we wanted to do a podcast. Uh, and it's like a little bit about myself. I remember that being hard work. Uh, yeah, there was a, although I think we structured that around, if I remember, I've listened to a few episodes this week, but we structured that around, you know, Dice Masters particularly. Um, um, that makes sense really, wouldn't it? But to be fair, over the six-year period, we have 100% completely stuck to that original manifesto that we put out there in the very first episode because we said we wanted to cover UK events, which we've done Check. many times over. We wanted to talk about team building, card reviews, and set reviews, which we've done a bucket ton of. Tick. Um, spoiler discussion, which we've definitely done. And and been the spoilers. The spoilerers. Spoiler errors. The uh, the pre- premium source of spoiler releases for a period oh, of time there. Nice. Yeah. Like that. Oh, thank you. I'm waiting for you to give it a tick. Tick. Thank you. Um, we wanted to... Uh, so we had a request from when I posted on the blog saying um, we're going to start a podcast. There, had been, there was a request that we talk about uh, local scenes and introducing new players to the game and that type of thing and recruiting potential players, which I think we've done a bit of, although that's Tick. probably one that we haven't. It's done at the same sort of length as we've done around like reviewing cards and weeks uh. and stuff like that. Um, and then uh, non-competitive playing of the game was one of the things we mentioned. Big tick. Yeah, big tick, which I, I like to think is a a big part of who we are and what we're all about for the game. Definitely, uh, the uh, yeah, the more chilled out. Let's just play for fun. It's something to do while we hang out, type thing. Oh, that's funny, isn't it? I hadn't even thought about that. I hadn't even thought about what what we set out to do. Well, sure, yeah, but we've we've stuck to that. And like I said, for as much as we've moved forward in the six years, we've also stood very, very still. Uh, in fact, the very first time I slagged off PXG was in that first episode. <laughs> nothing like milking a joke for six years. Yeah, yeah. Well, that, that's a weird phenomenon, isn't it? Because I do definitely feel like there's something about our brand that is, well, it's a, it's a British tradition, isn't it? We're like the Fast Show or um, Little Britain, you know what I mean? Or Harry Enfield, like these sort of little recurring jokes and 
characters that just come back again and again and again and again. <laughs> <laughs> what we've not got is like a BBC channel you know, production controller type person to say, right, that's enough now. <laughs> <laughs> Move along. <laughs> yeah, time for a new sketch, Catherine Tate. Come on. <laughs> so, yeah. But it was a very different time when we started out as well. It was a very different time. It was, it was uh, certainly a more in-fashion game. <laughs> well, yeah, absolutely. Uh, one of the observations I noted down going back over some older episodes um, from the earlier years was that we were reporting on things like WKOs, yeah. nationals, regional events. There was a lot more of that going on. We've got a number of episodes that we recorded live at different WKOs um, and at uh, regional things. Or uh, yeah, We've covered the UK nationals yeah. for all the years it was formally run. WKOs, for anyone who doesn't know what that is, is a WizKids <laughs> Open. That is an official sponsored event throughout the UK and, and America and everywhere else uh, where not only can you win like exclusive brand new prizes, but also uh, qualifications to get into the Nationals tournament. So you couldn't just rock up to a Nationals tournament. You had to qualify for it. Yes, that's right. Yeah. In fact, one of, there was a, there's a title for one of the uh, episodes in the, in the first year or year and a half that's called Have You Qualified Yet? And that was the name of the episode, and it was all about qualifying at WKOs. That seems crazy now, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's like I said, this is that's the nostalgia piece, really, because I was listening to, uh, and there was an episode that you and I were uh, both at the same WKO in Nottingham at Chimera Games, and so we did the the old uh, uh, live mic on the day episode and recorded it all live, and I was like, oh yeah. And I was thinking about some of the people who we used to play with back then who don't play the game anymore and stuff. That's the you know that odd nostalgia yeah. feeling I was talking about earlier. Uh, and then I recorded at some WKOs. You did some stuff when WKOs took place in Southampton on your own down there. Oh, my own. Yeah. Crikey, O'Reilly. Yeah, uh, gaming versus cancer, in fact, which is something else I noted down as a, a thing. Yeah. We'll come back to that one, shall we? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was a very different time in terms of, um, uh, I don't know, in terms of, you know, that whole structured gameplay scene and like you say much more fashionable game in that respect i do miss it what wkos yeah they definitely they, i mean they, they they definitely drew people in i mean people came from all over to go to them and there was something there was that something that was that little edge just because they were an official kind of w you know with kids events something quite um probably the competitive side of me more than anything else ever has yeah you used to you used to practice a lot didn't you, you used to get uh, yourself um, primed and ready for a good WKO 100 games mm. yeah and again that's the theme uh, again <laughs> standing still <laughs> while moving forward that's the theme we've revisited many times over the years but I would argue that since the pandemic is the type of content that we've not done so much so up until the pandemic you know, t- doing talking about things like our your hundred games of practice and how to build teams to play in more competitive events, which in some respects is fine because part of what we said we wanted to do was to make sure there was a space for non-competitive play as much as competitive play. But I would argue since the pandemic, we've done a lot less content around that type of stuff. Like there's even an episode 
before the UK nationals and the before basically before all the various nationals when there was lots of nationals going on um where you me and ben got together and you and ben had a big old chat as two national champs about how to prepare yourself for a national championship god i wouldn't know where to start now (laughs) well as we all know my friend your best days are far behind you (laughs) (laughs) true story and you've got six years of audio documentation (laughs) to evidence that fact (laughs) the decline (laughs) <laughs> of Andy England, former <laughs> national champ. Yeah, how, how many games have you won this season? None. <laughs> I'm certain he's just waiting in the wings, folks. He's just biding his time. This is all to lull me into a false sense of security, and then he's going to destroy me for the back half of the year. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Certain of it. Yeah. I'll t- uh, tell you something else. I went back and looked over some of our old emails and instant messages um, in the early days too. Uh, I thought one fun thing to revisit. <laughs> so I mentioned before in the first episode, we ran a competition to name the podcast. When we started, we had no name for it. We were struggling to find something that resonated with us. So we opened it up to the listening audience. Of course, Michaela Kuba from the Reserve Pool podcast was the winner of that, who suggested the Ministry of Dice title, which we both liked. But uh, we did have a little list of original yeah, names did. for the podcast yeah uh, and i jotted a few of them down from some of our instant messages so um the vixen appreciation society was <laughs> was, <laughs> was a name that i was campaigning for very heavily with andy it appears or variations of that theme there was a later suggestion uh, by me that we call ourselves the national society for the prevention of cruelty to vixen cards <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Andy's were all largely structured around 80s TV shows and uh, 80s movies like UK Dice Busters (laughs) and the Dice Team. (laughs) Beholder Radio. Beholder Radio, that's a good one. Yeah, that was one of yours too. Check me out. Yeah, the Unstoppable Dice Machine. Oh, that's amazing. Why are we not the unstoppable dice machine? <laughs> I know. Uh, I'll tell you what, I'm not, I'm not going to say, but I'm going to throw it open to listeners uh, to see whether they can guess which one of the two of us suggested the name the unstoppable dice machine. Oh. <laughs> uh, and then vanilla dice, that was on the list. That's blatantly me. <laughs> so, yeah, those, those were some on the short list that stood out to me. Uh, and we we did lots of playing around with like uh, dam busters, dice busters, you know that type of thing, um, and thinking of particularly British things because the, the, one of the key aims was all about putting the UK view out there. We were feeling a bit neglected by whiz kids at the time. I know, right? Because the sets used to come out, or used to still do, uh, like like a month or so after, didn't they? We had to wait ages. Longer than that in, in, for for some period of time. Although we've had anomalies like Superman Kryptonite Crisis dropped here a month before North America. Yeah, it's a bit weird. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I think you jotted down a few thoughts or a few things from, um, I think, your, your favourite kind of, uh, we mentioned this last episode, didn't we? Our sort of quirky or funnier segments, is I think, is what you focused on taking a look at. Yeah, so I, I, I kind of a, a think back in regard to some of the more unique things that we have done over the past six years, um, and, and the one that always sticks out in my head is when we made stuff out of dice and then sold it on eBay. Um, 
and, and then you got really <laughs> guilty and gave him his money back. <laughs> no, I didn't give him his money back. Oh, did you not? No, because uh, we gave we gave the money to Gaming versus Cancer. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. Sorry, Dante. Um, <laughs> your one was all right, actually. Yours was uh, a, a beautiful a Union Jack in in dice uh, on like in a frame. Um, my one ended up in the bin. Um, <laughs> it was a Avengers Tower. Yeah, it was like an Avengers Tower. You tower tried to make made yeah, out wasn't of it? dice. Blue and your dice together. Which um, it was turd. <laughs> um other things that uh the thing one of the most popular things that was a bit weird that we ever did was global reverse collation yeah did well that that's twice, under the we? under the q branch umbrella i would argue oh uh, well, with quizzes i suppose it does yeah. but it was a very special quiz um that mm. everyone seemed to think was really good uh used to, i wet myself like listening to some of the things when you're trying to say them backwards <laughs> Um, <laughs> well, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not afraid of making a fool of myself on a microphone. That's for sure. <laughs> that is definitely for sure. And we did some big quizzes as well for Christmas, didn't we? We did the Family Fortunes mm. mega quiz with all yep. the current content creators of Dice Masters of the time. And we did another one, I think, the year after. But I can't for the life of me remember what that was. Um, yeah, so we've had, um, uh, well, I mean, we've had a number of guests over the years, but those two in particular um, were just sort of UK-based game shows that we converted. Uh, the The following year was kind of a lot easier to corral than the year before. Uh, the first year's guests for that were all a bit boisterous, a lot of personalities and characters that wanted to dominate our podcast. But of course, what they didn't realise is that they were trying to do that well with a host like me they ain't gonna succeed you know what i'm saying because i speak from the diaphragm mothers you know what i mean (laughs) from the diaphragm mothers yeah well i stopped myself from the second uh, part of fudges yes there you go i should have done that mother fudges (laughs) that was perfect i'm feeling particularly potty about today i keep having to stop myself yeah you are yeah um tell you the bar when when we thought about doing the bar properly and we did it every like other episode and had like a leaderboard and stuff that was good i actually went looking through the google drive to see if i could find the older leaderboard knocking around somewhere um but it's not in there i think it's uh, there's an external hard drive i've got in a box in this house somewhere that I, I will locate when the man cave is in and I unpack the boxes that's got all our uh, a ton of archive stuff and I believe the old leaderboards Ooh. in there, but we definitely fell off keeping that up to date. Yeah, we did. Oh, I did. It was my job. Um, <laughs> uh, and then uh, the, the last bit I put down was all the, no, there's, there's the award ceremony that we did. That was like a massive editing nightmare where we went back <laughs> through previous episodes and cut out bits. That was for an anniversary episode, wasn't it? Was it an anniversary or was it Christmas? They uh, they blew him out. Yeah, it was an anniversary. You're right, because we had uh, folks like uh, Ingle Do come on and uh, we had them do the uh, the nominations announcements and stuff like like a proper Oscars or BAFTAs or whatever. It was good, that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then we did the, uh, the song... Well, you you did a song. You released a, uh, an an LP, an EP. <laughs> we've yeah. We, I mean, we've done a number of songs over the over the years. That's 
uh, for sure. Um, but we, uh, the one I particularly remember, I have fond memories of, is when you did um, Don't Stop Me Now by Queen and surprised me with it. You you made one for me. I did. Um, yeah, and I've that's the one I've got the fondest memories of because, yeah, I've done, you know, I'll throw a tune together with some change lyrics for my own entertainment and share it. That's fine. In fact, I've got one in the can right now that I've not done anything with for months that Ooh. I meant to put out a while ago. Maybe I might chuck it on the end of this podcast, but um, coming to iTunes yeah. soon. <laughs> but the one, yeah, the one I've uh, got the most fond memories of is when you did one for me. That that was an editing nightmare as well, because that was again <laughs> a cut between all the 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 content creators of the time, uh, all having a little kind of two lines of the song, and uh, Jordo, he wasn't keen. <laughs> no, there's a few folks who've sung for us that weren't too into it. I, I, uh, I, I twisted his arm because he, he wasn't he wasn't keen, but he did a great job. I think there was that, one. Uh, we'll go on. What was one? I was just going to say I did. Um, I did in the dark days of waiting for Dark Felix Saga to come. One of the songs I put out. This was on YouTube. I put this one out. It was called "When Will My Pre-Order Come." Uh, and the the parody lyrics I used were sung over the top of uh, Tangled's When Will My Life Begin, you know, the Disney movie. <laughs> and uh, even though it was... Choice. Yeah, but that, it, just, it just worked. You know, when will my life begin? When will my pre-order come? 60s retro wizard Rapunzel. Oh, I, I'm available for children's parties. I, I can bang out some... Some I don't really know what you can bang out at a children's, children's entertaining tunes. I, I know quite a few. Uh, uh, th- there was a period of my life where the bedroom rock star lifestyle had to be put to one side, and I became a children's entertainer. And I learned a lot of uh, Disney movie tunes and stuff. What like that. But, you yeah, actually used to be a children's entertainer? Yeah, let's go is, with that. Is that no, a I'm real talk, thing? I'm talking about no for my own children. I'm talking about for my own children. Oh, little known fact for the listeners. <laughs> The original Mr. Tumble is right here, right now. I saw a great video the other day where someone's taken Mr. Tumble playing live at Glastonbury, but dubbed over Oasis doing cigarettes and alcohol. (laughs) And it is is shockingly in sync, like like you wouldn't believe. I don't know if they've edited it to make it fit, but they've just laid the song over him and it'll, I'll find it and dig out and send it to you. Um, but anyway, I was saying, uh, but Disney corporation, the minute I posted it, we're on it and sent me a copyright claim. Wow. So my rendition of it, my playing of it on the acoustic guitar and my singing of it, even with different lyrics and my really dodgy guitar playing, they were still able to identify it and put a copyright claim in on it. You can still do it though. It just means that you won't make any money. Yeah, well, I mean, we're never going to make anybody off no. the Dice Bastards YouTube channel, so I've just left it up there. Yeah, why not? Yeah, yeah. who cares? Yeah, cut, cut but that wasn't on the podcast. Do you want to build a snowman <laughs> or what? That wasn't. <laughs> We've definitely had copyright claims for the podcast before, back in the days when we did used to share it on YouTube. Uh, Bonnie Tyler was not a big fan of us using her. No, she was not. <laughs> <laughs> She's Bonnie Tyler's copyright claimed us. Two or three times now, folks, as has Rick Astley. 
<laughs> when we rip rolled you as a wonderful audience we rip rolled you once or twice and uh, rick astley was on it as well he's copyright claimed us a few times <laughs> and survivor aren't particularly keen on us using either tiger either <laughs> so yeah there you go <laughs> Um, anyway, so uh, Queen are notoriously bad for copyright claiming. But did they? Pick, I don't know if they picked us up on the master Dan. I blatantly just ripped their music off. Yeah, yeah, they did. They, they, oh, yeah, <laughs> they absolutely did. did. They're on for. They're, yeah, they're, they're on for a loser though, they, because you know Body and Rick and Queen um, and Survivor and uh, never going to make anybody off our ad revenue on YouTube at all. So you know, it's on. Jokes on them, really. <laughs> it's a different matter if it's Twitch, though. Yeah, yeah, no. Um, I, I have to tell Andy folks sometimes, like, turn your phone off, turn the music off on your phone. Because <laughs> it's that sensitive on Twitch. It picks you up, like, your background music and stuff. When we started, you used to veto a lot more of my ideas. I, I, uh, that's probably true, for sure. <laughs> I just wondered if it was because I conformed... Or you just <laughs> gave up? <laughs> I don't know the answer to that question, to be perfectly honest. I didn't realise that I was vetoing less of your suggestions now. Oh, fair. Maybe I just suggest <laughs> less. Um, uh, I mean, I've got to be, uh, I've got uh, I've got to say, and this is, again, on the record somewhere else, I'm not saying anything new, some of your suggestions in the early days were definitely... <laughs> <laughs> Well, we did that, didn't we? Didn't we do something like After Dark one? Um, well, I've kept a lot of the stuff. I don't think we ever actually released it. Did we? Did I we thought really? like... No. We, no. Didn't on, we? On that external hard drive, there is... We did a uh, an episode in the new year, at the end of the first year, that compiled some unreleased material and some stuff. But there was some... I mean, we recorded some of the Vandy's suggestions, folks, that yeah. never... No. saw the light of day <laughs> um and it wasn't because they were bad recordings or anything it was because upon revisiting them and listening to it to come and edit it i was like no we just can't <laughs> because the the sad truth is that andy and i both have very bad taste sense of humors I, mean, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you mean <laughs> we've most definitely toned it down at times, but there are other times where, uh, speaking of Mr. Tumble, we've got a whole 30-minute piece. <laughs> yeah, we have. <laughs> where Andy plays the part of Mr. Tumble, playing oh, yeah. Dice Masters and getting himself into some interesting predicaments with fist dice and stuff. So, um, <laughs> uh, And there's been a few historical Dice Masters sets, ladies and gents, that have been suggested by Andy in the past for a segment that I've gone, no. <laughs> I don't see what your problem is with an card. Oh, <laughs> you knobhead. I'm, I'm cutting that. <laughs> add, add, it. Cutting that. Add, it, add it to the After Dark episode. We can charge people for it. <laughs> well, I'll bleep it. I'll bleep out what the actual name of the card was that you just named. Oh, so okay. Only you and I will ever know. <laughs> Answers on a postcard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. So, all right, there you go. So I'm vetoing less segment suggestions. Oh. Well, I don't know. After that, that conversation, <laughs> maybe I just got used to it. Um, <laughs> well, then maybe that's our answer. Maybe you have just conformed. Maybe, maybe, maybe. I've just ed- edited you into Ed- uh, into a straight into line, <laughs> into a shallow shell of my former self. Um, <laughs> no, I don't. Pantomimes. 
the That's Pantos. We've only done a couple. They're good. How many have we done now? We've done two. Uh, Diz Wiz Kiddington, Dick Wiz Kiddington, and um, the Scrooge. Yeah. Yeah. Although, although we didn't call him Scrooge. What did we call him? Um, what's the book called? A Christmas Carol. Ooh. I don't know. It's getting too late to work out a Dice Masters related version of that. Yes, for sure. But uh, I, we've definitely threatened to um, script up and do some more Dice Masters themed radio plays. Perhaps we should because I like doing them. They're a lot of fun. They're a laugh. They are. Um, they are. I do enjoy doing them. I wonder how much people enjoy listening to them, but they are fun to do. Well, once again, answers on a postcard, please, folks. Let us know your thoughts on the pantos because I'll absolutely do that. The, the editing is quite fun on um, on those too. So. Uh, when I edit, edit edit a standard episode, I don't really edit to listen to what we're saying necessarily all the time. Um, I'll edit for uh, crackles, pops, background noise, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, put in the dice transition sounds. It's more kind of like a functional edit, if you know what I mean. But when I do the pantomimes, it's more involved because I'm looking for sound effect options and background music and things. And it's kind of got, yeah, it's a lot of fun to put together. Yeah, we've done loads of random stuff. Yeah, tons of random stuff over the years. Uh, I noted a few things down, although they're a bit less about the uh, random stuff that we've done. So uh, do you remember who our first ever guest was? First ever guest was Michaela, wasn't it? No, Katie Data. Of course it was. Yeah, Kev there over at, uh, oh, bloody hell, I've just had a total brain blank. What was the name of their podcast? The Double Burst. Double Burst, yeah. Katie Data from the Double Burst. That was back in episode seven. Who we have to, once again, I know we've said it before, but give a massive shout out to, because he really helped in getting us set up and ready to go. You know, talked us yeah. through the process, some of the technology, how to get it up and running. Uh, and he helped us out later down the line when we were ready to sort of upgrade some of the kit and stuff. So, yeah. We owe a lot to KT Data. That's um, KT Data, not KT. Yeah, K. Yeah, KT. Yeah, um, but he was our he was our very first guest. And then I mentioned before, gaming versus cancer. That's definitely a point of pride over the six years that we've been uh, doing this for. Yeah. So we, you know, our involvement with the Cancer Research UK charity, gaming versus cancer, and you know, uh, we've obviously carried that on outside the borders of the podcast in terms of the YouTube channel, the live events and the online events that we've done to raise money for that. But that was just something I noted down worth mentioning. I felt worthy causes. Yeah. Cause we're all about charity, mate. Absolutely. Yeah. Charity. So yeah, we've done, done well. And uh, the community have always been great sort of rallying around and helping us raise money for, Dice Masters versus Cancer every year. And we'll be doing the same again this year, folks. Keep an eye out. We tend to do it around November time, which was when the original convention date for Gaming versus Cancer used to be. Yeah, I wonder what they'll do if they ever will spin it back to life. Yeah, I've not. I mean, they've gone, yeah, they've gone totally silent on that front. I've not had an email or anything since it's all gone a bit dry since the pandemic on the yeah. wider Gaming versus Cancer activity, but we've obviously carried on. I suppose there's no reason why we couldn't move it around. We don't really need to do it in November anymore. No, we could necessarily line it up with the next release or something. Yeah, so I'll have a look at that. I'll look at that. Um, but that, yeah, that was just something I wanted to bring up in terms of thinking back over our time. Uh, and then one thing I've uh, particularly enjoyed doing in the past that I've done a lot less of in uh, more recent times is the like uh, I. 
I used to write a lot of stuff, like random letters written from the perspective of a card or <laughs> or like weird agony ant challenges from weird made-up people playing Dice Masters in some strange location in the world. He sent us a, a letter, you know, or uh, the Queen when she used to correspond with us. Oh, bless yeah. her. Yeah. So all that, all that kind of stuff, um, which I haven't done a great deal of of late. Again, I suppose just the the busy busier lifestyle, uh, and the minute makes it hard just to sit down and piece together a a bit of script. And I, I know we've uh, this is a massive kind of session in repeating ourselves doing this little retrospective, but you know the, when we say we we do actually do a lot of preparation, uh, you know. <laughs> Evidence to the contrary, we put a lot of work into it. And writing those little scripts or little bits of sections like that do take time. And I work hard on them, you know. They do take time. I wonder if Charlie Boy, if he's a closet Dice Masters player. Oh, well, um, you know, obviously I I know a few of the folks on the staff up there. So uh, I'll drop him a line, see what the script is on that front. Yeah, do it. See if his mum got him into it. Yeah, well, he'll probably be listening. So if you're listening, Charlie... um, Give us a shout. We'd love to, you know, we're, we're obviously one of your your ministries uh, representing DICE <laughs> to the rest of the world, uh, ambassadors to the, for the UK in, within the game of DICE Masters. So if you're listening, give us a shout. I know you'll have been busy. You know, because we're so self-sustaining and reliable, he's probably not had to really get involved with us much at the minute. Sure, he's been busy, I guess. Yeah, but give us a shout, Charlie, if you're out there. Yeah, uh, so that was one one piece there. Um, that I wanted to mention. <laughs> and then just the fact, again, talking about standing still while moving forward, right from the get-go, looking at the episodes in year one, these were some of our themed segments. Cue branches, gearing up, pick of the week, community focus, the bar, unsung heroes, and the countdown combos. <laughs> I mean, we did two card combos only about five episodes back. <laughs> It's nothing like regurgitating the same ideas for six years to really bolster up the <laughs> listeners. Well, I prefer to think of it that we've we've created a, a you know a robust structure in which to nice. form our episodes around. <laughs> that it's like a sandpit, man. We've got we've got a good solid sandpit with great sand in it, but the way we play with the sand every episode differs. We make a different castle every week. Nice. Is that that's a metaphor? Um, yes, it is. It's a very good <laughs> metaphor. <laughs> That's another thing as well, what you just did then. Um, again, right from the get-go, lots of Andy going, is that the right right word for that? <laughs> 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 the true stories, the AKAs, I was having a good chuckle through all the AKAs. Um, the dice bag. Yeah. I don't say that, don't yeah. say that much anymore, do I? <laughs> no, no. The AKAs are one of those things that have ended up like a big pile of ironing that you don't want to do. I've said for years that I kind of wanted to collate all your AKAs. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but as every as we do another episode and the number of episodes has increased, the job of sitting down and cutting out all the AKAs, you know, two per episode, one at the start and one at the end, has uh, has meant that that's unlikely to ever, ever happen. Um, <laughs> yeah, Little like fact, I started off like collecting AKAs and a list of them. Now I just pick out something that we talk about before we start recording. <laughs> <laughs> well, you wouldn't know. <laughs> we can't tell. <laughs> you can't tell. That effort you put into it, you can't tell. 
there you go. There we go. Yeah, and that's everything I jotted down. I've kind of run out of steam on that there now. So, uh, I mean, last episode, we obviously asked whether any of our listeners wanted to drop us a note with any thoughts about uh, segments or anything they'd like to mention for the retrospective. We had a couple of notes of thanks or support, you know, so big shout out to uh, Nick and Comics Mike um, for for their lovely notes there. Uh, but we didn't really get much in the way of people getting in touch to talk about their highlights or favourite moments, which means, unless you've got anything else... Um, I think one of my favourite things that we've ever done was when um, TJ sent us the video of Jake Busey and he said that we had a great product. <laughs> that still is one of my favourite things ever, ever. Well, he's a big fan, is Jake. Another yeah, well, avid yeah, Dice Master, Closet Dice Masters fan. Big fan of our product. <laughs> it tunes in every two weeks. Are we listening now? <laughs> yeah. Hi, Jake. And then on, on the direct opposite, there was Zamo, who was clearly hankering Zamo. to get on the podcast <laughs> for like any form of exposure possible. Um, yeah, with a, with all his keys from his key cutting business <laughs> hanging back. <laughs> He's a lot Smith now, didn't you know, folks? <laughs> do now. We do. We've seen inside his studio. He's lots of his studio. <laughs> Workshop, I suppose, would be a more appropriate. Word, yeah. <laughs> Shop. <laughs> Not really a studio. He just uh, recorded this message on his phone. <laughs> oh dear. Yeah, that was that was fun. Yeah, Teej. <laughs> Hilarious. Cool. He's been but, streaming yeah. a lot this week. He's off for. Um, he's off at the minute. Is he? I'll have to check him yeah. out. Yeah, Tees, if you're listening, uh, love it if you swung back round a few of those um, uh, murder mysteries and what have you that you used to do. Oh, I love the old TJ murder mystery. Yeah, yeah, I used to love throwing those on when I was working from home and having TJ on instead of the radio or the news or whatever. <laughs> All right, anything else? No, I think that, that covers the, the retrospective from my angle. All right, yeah, well, that covers it from my angle too. So I suppose all that remains to say is just a massive thank you to everyone who has supported us and, you know, uh, contributed uh, in all sorts of ways, uh, whether it just be a donation that you've made, a, a Game versus Cancer drive, or whether it's been playing one of our live events or, you know, responded to me when I've stuck a microphone in your face <laughs> and said, I'm recording you for the Ministry Nights podcast and all that kind of stuff, all the guests we've had over the years, all the people who correspond with us and have corresponded just with us over the years and just... For those who tune in, you know, pay attention. I know things are a bit quiet at the moment and the numbers are a bit down, but um, we're still very grateful to all of those who stick with us and keep listening, keep tuning in. Um, so, yeah, the, the podcast is nothing without you. It's like, a, you know, if nobody listens, does a podcast truly exist? Um, yeah, because we'd have heard it. But is that not then just a recorded conversation that you and I have if nobody listens to it? Well, that's deep. Well, it doesn't matter because you folks are listening right now, which means it is a podcast. So there we go. Thank you very much. Um, <laughs> we greatly appreciate you choosing the Ministry of Dice. Thank you. Thank you, yeah. All right, well, uh, that wraps up the retrospective. Should we now move on to the epic task of ranking the sets that we've been meaning to do for literally years? Let's S-tier it up. All right, off we go then. On to the next segment. Yes, folks, okay, thanks for sticking around. Uh, it's S-tier ranking time. We're going to determine the GOAT of Dice Masters sets together today. Uh, this is Andy's taking the lead on this little project, so I'm going to hand over to him to get us started. 
So yes, we are going to rank the all of the Dice Master sets in order. We have got five categories. We have got the goat, we have got great, we have got good, we have got bang average, and we have got poor. And uh, we're going to put what looks like 39 different sets with their associated team packs, if applicable, uh, to rank. Uh, and um, yeah, let's see if our, uh, <laughs> if our opinion of the sets uh, <laughs> or uh, or not. Uh, also, if you are looking to get into the game and you're looking to see what older sets to buy, this might help you. Yes. Yeah, good point. And informative. I suppose we just we just crack on with it. Let's start at the beginning. Let's start the the uh, the beginning of the journey, the Dice Masters journey, and uh, the first set is AVX. Oh, well, I had a question first. Oh, okay. Yes, William. Because because I've sat down and already uh, kind of ranked mine, or at least kind of done a loose picture of where I would probably place them once right. again in preparation for this. Um, but I was curious to know how what categories yeah what in what insulin influencing factors are we using to judge these by okay very good question uh categories are we had to talk about if personal choice overall standings in the meta okay uh, yeah. so i suppose you're looking at like meta cards within the set um and then overall set synergy okay yeah because i factored in some stuff like for, is it good for drafting? What's the theme like? Artwork? Do I like the characters? Oh, wow. You have put some thought into it. <laughs> yeah, that's, let's do that as well. Okay. <laughs> well, well, fair let's, enough. let's go through them and then we can kind of like just kind of naturally kind of just talk about them and incorporate those things uh, and then we can decide where they go. Yeah, no worries. Uh, well, uh, uh, on the subject of AVX. Uh, I think we both share an opinion that this needs to be high up in the rankings for sure. Uh, yeah, we do. AVX. It's, it's not got many five-line cards. That's got to be a category, <laughs> no. right? No. <laughs> Talking uh, so, ongoing themes. Uh, some of the most powerful cards ever to exist in the game <laughs> were in that very first set. You know, so much so that they keep reprinting them. Yeah, there's some good ideas in that that initial set. I don't know if you'd call them the most powerful cards, though. What would you say was that powerful? You had um, Hulk, Green Storm. Goliath. Is it that strong, though? It's not as if you see it. Yeah. Come on, Wind Rider. Ish. It's good. I don't. There was loads of good stuff in there. Black Widow, Serena. Serena, fair. One of the best cards uh, ever. There was that, um, uh, you mentioned the Hulk, uh, Human Torch. Yeah, reprinted, but is that for, I mean, it's not as if there's people running around, I suppose there's not many people that have Jubilee uh, in order to run around and play with it everywhere, but I suppose on the flip side, you don't have the same, as we spoke about earlier, competitive kind of scene where you see what the meta is. No, uh, there was that Venom that you used to play. Uh, Which one was that one? The one that did the... uh... Angelo Fortuno. Yes, yeah, Punisher. Punisher strong. Yeah, there was that Cyclops that did that big uh, laser blast. Oh, yeah, that's good. But at yeah, the time, you can ta- get to it. Taunt Globals on um, 
Phoenix and Mr. Fantastic. Mr. Fantastic. Uh, the when uh, and a lot of the like hardcore. Oh, uh, let's not forget Green Goblin, Gobby. Oh, Gobby. Yeah. Okay. I, 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 I will concede. Yeah, it's got yeah. some of the greatest cards of all time on it. Um, <laughs> Character-wise, character if you go through it, I think every character in AVX has its own cinema movie. Uh, well, it's the Avengers and the X-Men, isn't it? <laughs> it has, yeah, but I mean, you've got things like Silver Surfer. I don't really remember Silver Surfer rocking up on AVX, but I don't know the comics that well. Uh, no, I don't believe the Silver Surfer did rock up, but uh, there is, uh, you know, in the Fantastic Four uh, movies, the Silver Surfer's in the second one, isn't he? Uh, yes. uh, there's, there's character recognition, for sure. There's definitely, yeah, that is very focused on like all, all the mainstream characters from movies uh, have been incorporated into this set. Um, and the artwork's banging. The artwork's just pretty straightforward. This is the person. It's not got any like, this is half his arm. <laughs> just about <laughs> making him out behind a rock. Or this is a really abstract picture of an explosion where the character's like part of the explosion. It's just like, boom, there's Punisher. There's his face. <laughs> That's who you've got. Um, you know, I like that about it. Yeah, that's fair. Although I must admit, the artwork, I, I find it um, a little underwhelming compared to what they've done with some artwork in later sets. But uh, as a nuts and bolts, let's get us started. Here's the character. Yeah, you can't. Yeah. You can't complain, can you? So, uh, the goat? No, well, uh, we even ready well, should we, to. <laughs> should we rank them all and then decide our goats at the end? Yeah, I've kind of I'm keeping just like a little list here that, that to share, but it's definitely high up, definitely high up as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, great. Are you gonna put it in great? Can we put it in great? Uh, great? Yes, yes, Good. absolutely. Right. I mean, Colossus, Colossus You just got me thinking about AVX now. I liked the, um, I liked all of them, all the cards from that. I don't think there was one that was trash. No, it had a great start set as well. Was, um, was Ghost Rider in AVX or was that UXM? Yeah, there was that one with the little uh, flavour text on it that said um, yeah. uh, no game text, just good stats. It's like, yeah, but they're not actually that good stats, are they? Uh, <laughs> yeah, cost, three cost on it, it's level three, which isn't that great or something. <laughs> two. Yeah. It, it was high filled in. It was, yeah. And he's like, well, this, this flavour text lies. <laughs> it lies horribly. <laughs> Your flavour is pistachio um <laughs> uh, which is next um, then have you got you got these in release order have you in release order so uh, according to the list that we read out earlier it's uxm ah right okay uh i'm not the biggest fan of uxm on it on my preparatory notes i have placed this in bang average and Ooh, that I think it should be poor oh do i agree why do you say that um a number of reasons. I think there were a few sort of gameplay mechanics that never went anywhere, were unsuccessful. Like if you think of uh, heroic, heroic is the one. I, is the one I was yeah, yeah is the one I was specifically thinking of. So there's that. Uh, when I think of the meta at the time, there really was only a very small handful of cards that I felt, you know, entered the, the sort of regular play space or the competitive meta space. Um, like, uh, well, obviously PSG. I suppose would be the main one, uh, the main PSG. thing that you accept. 
be remembered for. Yeah. Possibly the only thing that UXM has been remembered for. I mean, there's well, a lot yeah, of for average sure. cards in UXM. You think of the ones like The Thing, Toad, or the two that, you know, they're all right, but yeah. they ain't that great. It, which I suppose is where the bang average point comes in. You know, But it's got PXG. Well, I don't think one single card is enough to to lift the whole set out of the uh, out the, out of the purgatory of bang average. A, a meta-forming, game-changing, possibly the greatest card ever released for the game. For the worse. For, for, for better or for worse. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm inclined to agree with you with the UXM, um, but I think that it would be bang average. Yeah, bang average is fine. I think I think that um, PXG brings it up a level yeah. on its own. I, I mean, there were a few cards that I played around with. There's that um, uh, Namor, isn't there? The one that uh, was unblockable when you had, what was it, two other characters? Two other characters out. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so I used that a little bit. Was Nova AVX or UXM? Uh, 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 um, I think it's AVX. I need to open the team builder, don't I? I have that ready to go in front of me. Um, yeah, I don't know. So there were, yeah, there were a couple, a handful of bits. I played around with the pyros, tried to do some bolt team kind of stuff in a casual sort of way. But yeah, no, bang average. I'm feeling very firmly bang average for UXM. I think the after AVX, quite a lot of them felt underwhelming. The game texts. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a fair comment. Yeah, like they set their stall out and then um, and then showed you the really crappy basement underneath. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, we got this one card that we forgot to put in that other set, but here's some stuff for you to fill binders with, never to look at again. <laughs> it's like meeting your girlfriend's mum and working out what she's going to look like <laughs> when she's older. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you might be an story. AVX now, but oh, give it 20 years, you'll be a UXM. Um, <laughs> right, <laughs> moving this train forward then. Yu-Gi-Oh! is an odd one. Oh, yeah, that is an odd one. Uh, I mean, uh, from, a, from the perspective of the IP, the artwork... You know, not a fan on that front. Um, it, it, even with an, uh, an unfamiliarity with the uh, with Yu-Gi-Oh, the screen captures are really shaky. So that I don't, f- you know, what I mean, they could have a better quality artwork would have at least made me feel more comfortable with the lack of connection or association with Yu-Gi-Oh. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. The, the artwork is poor. Um, yeah. There's there's a lot of again average abilities within the set. There are some standouts though, ones that I can think of just banging out the top of my head. Um blue eyes white dragon. Sure. Um Breaker Magical Warrior. Yeah. Uh yeah. Red Dragon. The Red Dragon was not a red dragon. Was it a red dragon? Uh, well red eyes blue dragon is it? Red eyes black dragon. I don't know, something like that. Yeah, there's there's a good dragon. There's one that no, I'm thinking of Battle for Ferrum. Um The uh, no, the psychic one uh, where you knock out all your psychics and um, get, the yeah, red eyes buff. He gets a plus two attack. attack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so absolutely. There, there are some good 
Like really good cards, you mean? Like like yeah, Jinzo cards. I can't believe I forgot about him. He's um, morphine jars. Certainly at the time, Jinzo with uh, PXG knocking around, or you know, the, being from the set before, uh, totally made it super strong. Yeah, uh, uh, Doom Caliber Night Global. Yeah, so th- there are definitely good nuggets in there. Um, but there's a for, for, you know f- for every morphin jar there's a marshmallow. Um, <laughs> I think uh, didn't you get off the uh, precursor to Overcrush as well? Uh, was it a uh, uh, Blade Knight? Was it? Uh, was it a Blade Knight. Blade also Soldier Dude. I don't know, but the fact that you and I can sit here and name cards that we feel yeah uh, more more connected to yeah. Whereas UXM, we were like, uh, PhD? <laughs> <laughs> there was a toad? Uh, cool, so... <laughs> well, hang on, we need to factor in the, the stupid number dice thing as well. Oh. Uh, uh, yeah, so, to explain, if you are not familiar, Yu-Gi-Oh! Not only did you have, you know, the specific dice for the character cards, but you also had, you had to have a dice with a printed number on that matched the card's number uh, in order to use it in competitive events. Now, I use Blue Eyes, and I have to admit, I did not have the correct dice. I did have it, but I'm sure you're well aware that, you know, once you've had a few sets, that the dice go uh, in a big pile. (laughs) after me, I've I've used it and not used the uh, taking the correct numbered dice, and no one's given a rat's ass. No, no, <laughs> no one has come around to check the number on my blue eyes white dragon dice. <laughs> so, uh, uh, Paul forward check my one. Stupid. Oh, did he? Yeah, that doesn't surprise <laughs> me. I had the right one though. I wouldn't expect anything less Boom. from Paul. <laughs> um. um all right, uh, I'm going to go initially. Initial instinct places it in the middle. Good. Yeah, that's exactly my initial instinct as well. So let's yeah. pop them in. Right. Set number four, Battle for Ferron. Or Dungeons Dragons, the Battle for Ferron. Now, for me, the Battle for Ferron, these standouts are the basic actions. This, These, these were basic actions that, I think stood head and shoulders uh, above what we had so far. Um, so you're thinking things like magic sorry, missile, polymorph, resurrection, fireball, cone of cold. <laughs> yeah, dimension door. I mean, once you had um, these basic actions, I don't think you really needed uh, to be that bothered. Um, with some of the other basic actions, I can't like this. This, these are the standouts of the set, uh, for me. I mean, you've also got things like Beholder. I always liked Gelatinous Cube, although I'm not entirely sure it was good or if I just liked the fact that it was just a a gelatinous cube uh, and knowing nothing about Dungeons and Dragons made me chuckle. Um, no, but it, yeah, it was, it was annoying, (laughs) it was very (laughs) annoying. The Gelatinous Cube, I definitely played against it a few times. Um, uh, yeah, some of your control stuff um, was in there as well. Who was that? Um, uh, the uh, characters can't be affected by global abilities, like he's a knight or something. Pal- Paladin. Pal- human uh, Paladin. You- yeah. 
uh, yeah, was one of the early kind of controlly pieces that a lot of people prismatic used. spray. Yes, yeah, uh, and it also brought things like swarm experience. Uh, breath weapon, you know, everybody was using breath, the, co- the one cost cobalt. Breath weapon and the dragons having a themed dragon team. Uh, potentially, I think the first time where you could have a themed team around something that not only made sense, like themey wise, but actually wasn't completely crap. Well, yeah. I mean, you could put together a bit of an X Men team by that point in its history. Yeah. Yeah, talking of dragons, but, though, um, Red Dragon, that was another one. You, you'd be hard-pressed in a competitive event to find a team without a Red Dragon on it. Yeah, I'll pay about, do one damage to your opponent, and your next action was too cheaper to purchase. So you do one damage, and you get a discount too yeah. <laughs> for a bolt. Yeah. Epic. That was on all three as well. I thought it was just on the Super Rare, but no, it, it literally wasn't all three versions. Mm. Great card stock, great artwork. Oh yeah, the card stock. I forgot about that. It's like oh, Dungeons and Dragons. Let's go up a few. Whatever the quality of card is, paper per inch or whatever. Is it thread count? Did you say thread? I don't know. It was good though. It was not it was really solid. Yes, really solid set. Absolutely, I would be inclined to go for at this moment in time. Definitely have it in great. Yeah, me too. 100%. So far, so far, we've kind of agreed. Mm. Um, right. So, the fifth released set brought DC into the Dice Masters uh, universe uh, with Justice League. Justice League? I like the Justice League set, actually, although whether it's worthy of it, I don't know. I mean, obviously... Uh, I'm a DC Comics fan. Used to read a lot of DC Comics back in the 90s. So I was very pleased to see that IP. And I played with it a great deal, a great deal at the time. I made uh, loads of teams, Justice League teams, retaliation teams, you know, villain retaliation teams. Got fond memories of that. Used to do um, loads of stuff with the control in there, like Constantine. Springs to mind immediately. Oh, Constantine, that was good. Yeah, and then uh, was it a firestorm that was good for pinging stuff off? Yes, bolts. It was. Yeah. Um, it was good. Where's F? Yeah, Jason and Ronnie. While active, when you field a bolt character dice, including firestorm, deal two damage to target character or player. Yes. Yeah, that's it. Was it was really good. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, tons of stuff I liked in there. There was a Batman I used to play with a lot, um, which didn't just do the retaliation damage, but did life gain and paired him up with a Zatanna that did a bit of ramp. So that was all good. There was the early version of Nobby, which was Deathstroke, who did damage when he was fielded for villains in your field. Black Manta was strong. Yeah, Black Manta, Deep Sea Deviant. What a card. Amazing. Yeah. But there was also some cack in this set. Yeah, like, um, so one of my favourite characters is Black Canary. And I've always been disappointed that we've never had, like, a great Black Canary card. Um, so that, that's just one that particularly bothers me. <laughs> I've got the nothing else to golds were all a bit meh. Yeah, I remember the uh, we were talking about the double burst before. They were always very disappointed that there'd never been a good flash 
and the flashes in this set were a bit pants, weren't they? Yeah. There was uh, there was that Green Lantern actually. While I was thinking about the Flash, um, a, a, a Green Lantern that um, Round Element Gains was used a lot. That gave all your other characters plus two plus two when they attacked. That was used quite a lot. Yeah, six cost, so quite high, mm. but solid. Yeah, definitely um, solid. Martian so, Manhunter with Overcrash. Yeah, oh, used him quite a bit. You could you could build a Justice League team again, um, like the next step up from Dragons, and it was decent. It did. It kind of lacked a few things to like make it like tournament worthy, but you know, for funsies, it would you know do a job. Yeah, I don't um, know. Um, you've definitely smashed my face in with the Justice League team centered around um, Superman. There was a Superman that used to use a lot. Oh yeah, the one that um, couldn't take damage in the attack step. That's right. Yeah. So it just did like certainly. I remember. I'm sure I've said this on the podcast. I remember when we first like first got that out and was playing with it, and I was like, "Why is this not like on every team ever? It's so broken." <laughs> uh, and then obviously you learn different ways of manipulating things. But yeah, strong. Um, I'm thinking yeah. good. Good. Yeah, it's, it's middle of the road because there's definitely obviously cards we can name. And I think it needs to be recognised as the first DC set, but uh, it's probably yeah. There's probably more sitting unused in the binder than there is used, so I think yeah. I agree with you there. Yeah, let's chuck that in. Right, moving but, swiftly on. Yeah, we need to move a bit faster. I think really. Yeah, we do. <laughs> uh, yeah. Potentially, this could be a two-parter. Looking at how many we've got to go through. Mm. Well, let's see. Um, Age of Ultron. Uh, good. Yeah, good. It's not quite great, but there's some good stuff in it. Ultron drone. Thank you. Yeah, you like the Ultron drone, don't you? Yeah. Um, I drafted Age of Ultron a lot, so I've got fond memories of it, and it came together quite well as a drafting set, definitely. Um, nice artwork. Yeah. Cards. Yeah. It was a. Is this the set with the Baron Zemo? I liked. Oh no, that was in Civil War. Right. Um, cool. But some fun stuff in there. Yeah, definitely. Uh, although. What's the standout? Jocasta, I think, would probably be the standout, wouldn't it? I feel like that's the one that everybody wanted to get their hands on at the time. Ooh, that was a good one, although they did their nerf her and make her not as good. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, but that's when true. she first came out, she was really good. I remember doing some janky stuff with the Guardians of the Galaxy, but I think that kind of came later on. I don't think it... Uh, even though the Guardians of the Galaxy first appeared in Age of Ultron, at least I think they did, um, I feel like I'm remembering... Age of Ultron cards more fondly because how they were impacted on later releases. Yeah, I'm not sure if there's Guardians in here. I'm just trying to have a look. Yeah, there to- oh, totally yeah. was Guardians in there. Yeah. Gamora. Yeah, that's when they first come <clears> into it. There was a Star-Lord. There was that um, uh, Starhawk that got plus three attack when you had um, uh, an Avenger and a Guardians of the Galaxy character active with him. Yeah. Good. Oh, introduced the zombies for the first time where it, we went from four, um, four super rares to eight, with four kind of standardy super rares and then four themed ones, and we had the four zombies. Yeah, which was nice. Yeah, I, I used the rare wasp from that set quite a lot as well as a control guy. Oh, the rare wasp was awesome. Yeah, I remember pulling that and being so excited. Um, that was just so that, you know, uh, whilst Wasp is active, when your opponent uses a global ability, she deals them one damage. 
Boom. Yeah. And once per turn, you may pay two and deal one damage to target character or player. That's pinging all over the shop. There was, yeah. And then there was that Captain America, um, the one with the crappy artwork, uh, Super Soldier, that prevented <laughs> everything but yeah. one damage from actions or character abilities, which was great for um, you know pingy damage and stuff. Do you know what? Mentioning all of them makes me think that maybe it is better than good. Oh, no, I can't take it any higher than that. The fact that I remember one of the defining features of it for me was really bad Captain America artwork. (laughs) (laughs) Fair. Fair. I think you're right. The arm. Uh, If you've not seen it, go Google it now. Um, Right. Moving then on. War of Light. War. uh, This is a funny one, you know, because I actually think it's probably a good set, but I just don't like it. (laughs) Artwork is horrific. Yeah, you've said this before. You don't like the artwork. 80s Tron. Yeah, I mean that's uh, as I've said to you before. The artwork is the way that it is because they've drawn, they've taken it straight out of the Waterlight series. That was, it, you know, it's thematic. It's it's accurate to the comic book inspiration um, that they're using for it. Um, so yeah, I get why you don't like it. I tell you, you know, um, but it works. Uh, I mean, it, it, it is a good set. It, it's very tribal. It works great for like a little drafting piece and. Um, a lot of the cards within it all interacted with each other around the different um, lantern energy types. Obviously, it's got some meta pieces in there. The um, lantern ring, limited only by imagination, immediately springs mm. to mind. Guy Gardner. Yeah, Guy Gardner. Although Guy Gardner is one of the reasons I don't like the set. I think one of the things that frustrated me as a Justice League, as a DC Comics fan was that there were characters turning up for the very first time in the game, and we were getting these kind of... Uh, like, the guy Gardner was the Red Lantern Ragey version. And I, I was like, oh, why are we getting this one before we actually just get a proper normal, you know, classic Guy Gardner? You know what I mean? So yeah. that was one of the things that hurts me about it. But you, you can't deny that Guy Gardner. And he was in the start set as well, so everybody had that Guy Gardner. Yeah, exactly. You went from Serena, which was just a chase and a eBay find and an expense, to a, I'm not going to say kind of similar in abilities, but certainly similar in, in power in the start set. So anyone could get it. It wasn't a, uh, you know, you couldn't flex it because you had one because everyone can go to the shop and buy it. So that's quite nice. Um, yes, yeah, uh, and then the Teen Titan control stuff spring, uh, springs to mind too. Raven. Uh, so Raven and uh, Wonder Girl, wasn't it? Yeah, was it Wonder the, Girl? there was a few Teen Titans. Yeah, I think Wonder very good though. No, but they were the two. Raven and Wonder Girl were the two sort of controlly pieces, and folks were pairing it up with that um, retargeting ring from uh, magnetic ring from Yu Gi Oh. Um, although, obviously, can't really judge it on the fact that another card from a different set made it what it was. But the Raven, in her own right, was just... Because uh, the mask synergy, she was the one with the mask synergy, wasn't she? Yeah, yeah. So it was, I think, didn't she protect Teen Titans and mask characters? That's right, yeah. They just couldn't be targeted. Um, I'm thinking bang average for War of Light. Yeah, I don't know. See, the more I sit here and think about it, the more I think... I use this a lot. There was that whole Miriam thing that folks used to do as well, wasn't there? That was with Guy Gardner, though, wasn't it? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, but I don't know, like Lissa Drack. How many times did you put Lissa Drack in the team? Yeah, fair few times. Parallax Global. Are you thinking good, then? I'm thinking good. Wasn't there a good Scarecrow in there as well? Uh, no, I think that was... Unless it was a... Um, 
Oh, that was promo. a promo. It was the promo, promo yeah. For War of Light, wasn't it? Yes, yeah. Right. You can't really count that. Um, good. Yeah, good. I like the Teen Titans turning up. Used to have fun with my Starfire team and that. So, yeah, I think good. I think good. I think we're just judging it more harshly because the aesthetic and the theme doesn't appeal to us. Amazing Spider-Man. <laughs> right at the bottom. Poor. Yeah. Hate I'm that sorry. set. Yeah. I've spent loads of money on that set and it's crap. Yeah, I was so excited for its release. And then when it turned up, I was like, oh, really? Um, oh, there was some good stuff in there. We can't... Um, um, MJ was a meta piece for a while, wasn't she? Mm, a meta-ish piece. Me- yeah, sure. Uh, and then there was that whole combo with... Uh, what's his face? Bird dude. Vulture. Yeah, but then they nerfed that straight away. Well, they did, yeah, sure. But I'm just really saying. Really quickly, actually. Um, and uh, what's her face with her global... Oh, Jesus. Uh, they've just reprinted it, you know, where you could force everyone to draw a sidekick. It's on Falcon now in Secret Wars. Uh, White oh, Tiger. White Tiger. Yeah. Um, so there were a few bits, but, yeah, very disappointing set. We had a – here in the UK particularly, we had a bit of a wait for it to turn up. So when it did turn up, I bought you know, bought my case, uh, opened it up in the shop, you know, bought it. This was at GTG in Hanley. I picked it up, I remember vividly, and we were all sat around opening them up and just like, eh, what? I can't see anything in there that's making me – like feel it you know what i mean no no it was poo cool yeah we drafted it a few times as well and it was pants for draft here's an interesting one okay feron under siege (sighs) i get them a bit blurred in my head the dnd sets as to what was in them or not but my instincts tell me that this one was good elf thief all right well sure yeah okay Oh yeah, all right. Uh, this was uh, was this the one with the golems in it as well? Uh, I'm trying not yeah. to open the too many windows because of our technical issues. Um, yeah, so the yeah, golems, the golems. They they were cool. Lots of fun stuff you do there. Um, and then the controlly stuff. So dwarf wizard wasn't that? Um, Fair under siege. Red dwarf wizard. He was, and let's not forget half elf bard. Oh, of course, yeah, half elf. Another bard. starter set card as well. Yeah. The Bard, you're absolutely right. I forgot about that. Oh, just blacked it out. <laughs> Master Lord's Alliance. When half-elf Bard attacks, each attacking character die gets plus one attack and plus one defense for each of your other different character dies. It was brutal. It was brilliant. No one played anything else for 18 months. Um, <laughs> I never made a team of Bard, not once. Oh, well, you're, you're the exception to the rule. Well, I'm um, contrary, aren't I? Yeah, I'm putting um, it in great. Yeah, it goes. Yeah, it goes up the top definitely. Uh, I was, I'm just thinking back. Um, uh, was that the one with the swarm goblins? Ooh, no, I think that was the first one. Battle for 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 for. for no, that was kobolds in the first one. Um, I think goblin was EFG. I'm about to be proved wrong. Yeah, you're right. Goblin with swarm. Yeah. So, yeah, all that stuff. I remember uh, Simon down at Element Games used to play Fiend teams. Loved the whole Fiend theme thing from this set. Yeah. Um, yeah, the, what was, it was... Oh, go on. So you had some solid basic actions as well, uh, keeping on with the theme from uh, uh, Battle Fufferon. Um Not quite up there, but still you had some solid ones in the, the no, Blink Transmutation. Oh, um, yeah which you could win a draft with, with just that. Um, Cloud Kill, 
which was super, super strong. Oh, uh, yeah. Delayed Blast Fireball. Oh, Delayed Blast Fireball. I used to play a guy called Mark who loved that card. Uh, I hate it, but because of how he, how regularly he used to play it, if you know what I mean. Banishment and Shrocking Grasp, not as kind of top tier, but ones I like. Yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, great. Yeah, I don't think we need to... There's yeah. no more to say. Labor. I think a solid set. Yeah. You had... You also had um, the uh, you could make a re- fiends that you could make a decent team with. Um, I just said that. Are you? Can you hear me? <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Did you say that? I did say that. Yeah. Good work. Uh, right. <laughs> uh, so we've got that on there. Right. Next one. The second DC set. World's finest. World's finest is a good set. World's finest is a great set. Yeah, I mean, you obviously, uh, Ultraman is uh, the, I imagine, a big part of the narrative for you there. 100%. Ultraman and Kryptonite. Yeah, I love all the Batman stuff. So you had like Batgirl, Nightwing, uh, Alfred, MI5, awesome. Loads of people, tons of stuff to do there. Great villains. There was a Bane I used to play around with a lot. Kal-El Global. Yes, yeah, 100%, absolutely. Um, super super friends teams as well. They were a thing that folks um, Oracle. Let's not forget the Oracles. Like they all, every one of the Oracles Strong. was good. Doomsday, I mean, he was solid. Yeah, tons of stuff, good stuff in there. There was a Robin I used to like as well, but I can't remember why. I think I just liked him because he was cheap when Batman was out or something. It had um, a lot more good. You, I suppose, the usable cards. Like yeah. even the the not kind of top tier stuff. I'm trying to think of the the one that I liked, which was the gangster dude. Um, what was the name of the gangster? Carmine Falcone. Yeah, that's it. He was like average, but playable average, you know. Yeah, certainly when you were drafting it or playing like themey teams. Yeah, just like mucking around with stuff. We we just bought a pack and grabbed a load of cards and had a look and wanted to play around with stuff. Yeah, stuff oh, that God. was like half decent. I like the meta at this time. I'm just trying to th- uh, think. Uh, it was this one with Dick Grayson in it. Brand new. Was it called Brand New Bat? Something. Brand like New that. Bat. Yeah. Yeah. You, had, you, uh, you could build a decent um, Bat Family team with the uh, you know the Bruce Wayne and knocking out and that's right. Uh, yeah. Capturing things. I needed a bit of kind of learning. I think I tried it maybe last year on year and failed miserably but oh and and there was a two face it was two facing that set that was a very similar game text wasn't it where he did his damage despite being blocked blocked yeah yeah oh and while i'm thinking about villains um (laughs) it's all coming back to me now uh is this with the um uh rare crow uh the ko scarecrow was this set wasn't it yeah yeah i'm sure it was yeah, um, where you when you KO the Scarecrow, you used to uh, take control of an opponent's character, um, yeah, kind of basically capture it in a way, but not capture it, and then but you gave it back to them in their prep area, didn't they? Didn't go back to the field, yeah. So re- really handy as a bit of kind of removal and stuff. Yeah, loads. Of, yeah, great, easy. Yeah, easy. Yeah. Uh, right. Well, how far are we through now? How many sets are there in total? So we've done one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. We've done ten. Right, we got another twenty nine to go. Right, let's, let's just quickly, quickly do another couple, and I think you're right. I think we're going to have to push the conclusion of this massive endeavour into it our is, next episode. It's bigger yeah. than I was expecting. It's because we've got too um, much to say about all the all the sets. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it might get shorter as we get on, but um, 
the next one we've got to talk about, which would have been a 2016 release, Marvel set, uh, Civil War. Oh, that's a funny one, isn't it? It is. My initial reaction is good to bang average. Mm, just right. Let me try and think back. So this is the one with that Baron Zemo I used to like, that rare Baron Zemo, um, where uh, he would be unblockable if one of your characters was KO'd that turn. So I used to play around with that, but I used it more in draft, if I'm being honest. And there used to be a rocket raccoon, I feel like, with a one defense that I used to ping off with something. Yeah, the the, the rocket raccoon, yeah, one defense and all three of his. He was fast. He was in the starter set by the looks of it. Um, he had a vanilla option at two cost. Yeah. He's fast again. Uh, Ronin, of course. Let's not forget Super Air Ronin. Super Air Ronin. Your How long LR did I chase that goddamn card? Um, Superhero Registration Act is one that I must have used repeatedly. Four cost, draw it, just draw and roll two dice. Boom. Yeah, yeah, that was around no, a lot. Knock if your opponent had to knock something out, or you drew and roll three dice. Draw, yeah. That was the extra nugget which made it better than is it gearing up that did something similar. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, there was a guy in the UK, do you remember Matt? He used to play uh, a Nitro team a lot where Nitro did um, did damage equal to his defense and he used to have loaded, play around with a load of KO janky combos with Nitro. So, yeah, let's go good. I feel it's, like we're naming it's, enough it's, stuff. I, I feel like we're got, naming enough well, stuff. And, and there's no real negatives. I can't think of much negative in regards to it. Um, I mean, it had some, like weird kind of keywords that didn't last the length of time like resistance and enlistment and stuff like that but um, yeah overall pretty pretty solid it was fun to play with wasn't overly exciting but yeah it's all right no although this set has just reminded me of something we forgot about in uxm which was falcon you wanna no still staying where it is i'm just saying yeah yeah yeah. I was going to say, I don't think that, that lifts it <laughs> up any higher. Right, so, and now comes to the point with the first kind of standalone campaign boxy starter that we ever got, which was the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Uh, I, I mean, it's a contender for the GOAT, if you ask me. <laughs> mm, really? Yeah, all right. Okay, well, great then. Put it in great. It, it was. It should have been great. It should have been great. It, it was great. What are you gone. talking about? That wasn't. The theme, it, it, it just didn't work. And it should have worked. And they had elements in there that should have made it work. Like if you had a turtle out, you made it one cheaper so that you can escalate it up. That It, it just didn't. It was good ideas, but I don't think it, it didn't seem that they play tested it very well because with a few tweaks they could have made it so you could have made a cool fun turtles team to go against a cool cool villains team without any other cards and make it good but it just didn't work that well mate find me someone who was playing the game at that time who bought that turtles box set that didn't make a turtles team i don't think you could i'm not sure you had eight turtle eight turtles characters uh, yeah, you threw in Casey Jones and April O'Neil and Splinter and 
you know, you're one. away. Yeah, so. <laughs> so, I'm telling you, this was the set that introduced Danny to the game. Oh, well, that, that's all good then. Yeah, it's great. Honestly, if we do, if we place the Turtles box set any less than great, we will be receiving strongly worded complaint letters, I'm telling you. They're two splinters. Why Why have they got two splinters? Well, just in case, you know, you didn't like the other one. <laughs> I got a feeling it had good basic actions as well. Didn't it have good basic actions? Or have I made that up in my head? I think I might have made it. That had, Maybe it was the um, second one. Was the second one the one with the better basic actions? You had, I think it was, yeah, no, it, they, they weren't that great. Um, yeah, it was, the I, second I one I'm had the, the one. polymorph and the the one cost one. Yeah, foot ninjas. Loads of people played around with foot ninjas. Um, I mean, I'm leaning towards bang average, but you seem to be like thinking it was a lot better than. All right, well, if was. we're going to end up splitting splitting this up anyway, um, if we're going to end up splitting this up anyway, we'll throw that one out to the audience. But I'm telling you, if if we do anything less than great for the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Uh, campaign box we're, we're going to lose listeners bro I'm telling you I'm Thank serious you. when this goes live on Monday you right. swing by our discord at about 3-4 in the afternoon it's got to be about when, my monthly visit so yeah I can do that yeah uh, I'm certain I am absolutely certain of all the things that have come out of our mouths in this episode today <laughs> the discussion of this box set I'm confident will be the one that people will focus on I'm telling you I just just why why have a set where you can't have a turtles team against a baddies team. Why have two splinters? No sense. Um, and the the synergy just doesn't quite do it. Yeah, I just, but yeah, just I'll throw it out it. there to the listeners. If you get it, you get it. If you don't get it, you don't get it. It's as simple as that. We'll throw it out to the listeners. Mate, and you did. When's to the be last fair, time yeah. you had a turtles character in any team that you've ever played against me in six years? Oh. All the time. <laughs> All the time. All the time. Yeah. Well, there you go. Played you foot ninjas. The foot. The ally foot ninja All played YouTube that. Videos. All the time. You can go. You yeah, go through and check every single one. Watch it from start to finish, and and tell me how many times. Um, right. So that 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 will have to stay in limbo, and then that's four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven that we've managed to go through. So this might be a bit more of a task than we initially thought. All right, do, do one more, very super quick. Okay, Green Arrow and the Fresh, Fresh, Fresh. Oh, oh, uh, well, God, I've just doing a little real quick, and now it's a bit of a another kind of funny one. My it is a bit of a funny wanna, one. Uh, my instincts want to put it in the middle. It's around good. That is my instincts. What it did bring to us was the four energy fixers, which yes. I'm particularly fond of. Um, they they are. What I remember, you had Captain Cold's cold gun, which yes, um, used that loads. Did some serious work. I used to, uh, Gorilla Grodd, I seem to feel, used to be good. He was the energy fixer, and also it was unblockable. Only thing that could block it was a crossover character. Crossovers characters had two energy that you needed to use both energies to buy buy them as part of the purchase um so in competitive play where there weren't many crossover characters it became very popular because (laughs) you know you'd get an energy fixer so you could make a sidekick into a fist but also you had a chunky gorilla grod that for 99 times out of 100 is unblockable yeah there was a merlin that was the same i can't even 
I don't even want to add up how many times I was killed by an unblockable Merlin because <laughs> I didn't have a crossover oh, character. Yeah. The Merlin, you know I, I mean? did use that a lot. Uh, also, did, was this not the set? Yes, it was. That introduced us to Rip Hunter's chalkboard. Uh, yeah, Rip Hunter's uh, chalkboard for sure. Yeah, in fact, had a lot of kind of decent globals in it because Star Labs was one that um, yeah. got used a lot. I mean, there's obviously been a more powerful reprinted version of it since. But yeah, so your energy fixers, Rip Hunters, Star Labs, um, that was all good. So it had a good global game about it for sure. I use that code um, loads. Yeah, I mean, you've said good about eight times then, so I'm, I've got a feeling that we might put it in good. Let's put it in good, yeah. Let's yeah, because I still think there's too many cards not going used to take it up over the threshold into great. You know, like I'm thinking Amanda Waller and uh, Felicity and Diggle. I mean, who's ever really used Diggle? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you I know mean, what I mean? I think Pro- Professor Zoom crap flashes again you know i mean with with what we've got so far in the good line is you've got sets where you've got definite cards that would go into a top tier meta team but you couldn't build a meta team from just the set oh i think we may have hit upon some uh, live stream ideas for some live gameplay oh you're welcome yeah. um Cool. Uh, all right, so so how, many, little... how many how many now one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve 12 and then turtles tbc 13 but this is already an enormous segment so yeah we have to break it down this may even be a three-parter at this rate it could well be we were absolutely over ambitious with this one (laughs) 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 but what a way to start the beginning of our seventh year with potentially three episodes worth of content (laughs) <laughs> well folks you know where we are if you want to d- debate discuss dispute uh any of our rankings on those initial sets i'll tell you what uh, so uh, so you know where we are get in touch share your thoughts on the rankings but we're we've been too over ambitious we're gonna have to break this one down and at least oh. make a second segment if not a third segment out of it so come back for more on this subject in our next episode uh, but because this is massive and super long it is our sixth anniversary special after all probably time to wrap it up there and move into the outro mate i think let's do it let's do it well there we are then folks as all good things must not only this episode but this sixth year of the ministry of dice podcast has come to an end we hope you enjoyed listening as much as we enjoyed recording it and we did Yes, we did. So obviously set ourselves a rather ambitious task with this one. So come back uh, and tune in to hear the next stage of our um, S-tier rankings for all the Dice Master sets up to this date and for the Master Mold conversation um, that uh, we promised in our last episode. So basically, the next episode is written itself. <laughs> Happy days. Yeah, nice to that. Yeah, nice and easy on that front. Uh, I don't think there's much else. Um, when's uh, Rob's thing going on? Beginning of August. Yeah. I want to say August the 6th. Mm, sounds about right. When am I? It's when I'm away. So let me go check in my calendar on the date that I'm away. <laughs> I don't know. He's, he's spammed it out plenty of times anyway. If you're on any of the socials, you'll have seen it. Pretty sure it's the 6th. If you are around the beginning of August and you want to uh, go to a face-to-face tournament in the uk um or if you just want to see the amazing sights of swindon uh then um uh, check out <laughs> breath weapon x on their socials 
I'll make sure there's a link in the description down below. Yeah. Uh, all right, very good. Well, um, thanks everyone for tuning in, and thanks for another great year of Dice Masters podcasting with you as our fine listening community. Uh, we love you all dearly. And we do. And we do. Yeah, absolutely. So I've been Chris, otherwise known online as True Mr. Six. And I've been Andy, a.k.a. Andy. <laughs> we'll see you in two weeks, folks. Bye 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 bye.
love you, Sleepy!